stand out from the crowd? Are you looking for exclusive content you can't get anywhere else? Sign up for the shoulder of Orion Patreon at bladerunnerpodcast.com slash support and show the world you're something special. The following audio entertainment is brought to you by the kind folks at Tyrell Corporation, reminding you that civil registration isn't just common sense, it's the law. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Shoulder of Orion, the Blade Runner podcast. I'm Patrick, and today we have a really special guest. It is so exciting to introduce you to Mr. David Leach, who is uh, coming from Titan Comics and has some things to tell us about the upcoming Blade Runner comic series. So before we get into that, I want to go ahead and say uh, welcome, David. Hi, Patrick. Very nice to meet you, and uh, thanks for having me on your podcast. Of course. We're, we're really excited to have you here. Um so before we get into the, you know, the comic itself and the project, can you give us just a little background on, you know, well, first off, your job and who you are and how you came into it, and also, uh, you know, Titan Comics as a, you know, a wing of Titan Publishing and what you guys are up to? Wow, that, that, that's, a, that's a big question. <laughs> uh, so uh, I've, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I work for Titan Comics. I am the senior creative editor at Titan Comics. Uh, so my job is to, uh, as well as editing uh, new comics, I also have a hand in looking after all all the new comics that we're producing. I also uh, reprint lots of, I'm the editor of lots of reprint titles. So I do the reprints of Flash Gordon, uh, Mandrake the Magician, Betty Boop, uh, Hey Gather Horrible. Uh, I've done lots of uh, the old vintage stuff. Um, I've been doing new comics for, for Titan now for the last couple of years. So I did things like Dan Dare last year, and I did um, a comic based on The Prisoner, you know, the old TV show, Patrick McGowan from the 60s. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was the editor of that one. I also I also plotted the, uh, the four-issue comic book of that one. Uh, I also did the, uh, we reprinted, well, it, it wasn't even a reprint. We actually published the unpublished uh, Jack Kirby and Gil Kane prisoner artwork in, in a glorious uh, original art edition. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, so I've been doing, that was, uh, that was a, a year-long odyssey to get hold of all the original artwork that was that was quite something remarkable um, yeah so i've 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 been at, been at titan for 11 years before that i i mean i I've, this is my 33rd year of working in comics i started out as a as a cartoonist then um i became an editor worked for marvel uk then i went freelance and worked for all different sorts of publishers then i uh, went back to uh, college and i retrained as an animator spent four years in the games industry as an animator uh, then I got involved in the animation industry where I worked as a development producer. Then I got a job at Titan, uh, Titan Books, originally as a graphics novel editor. And after three years of being there, I moved over to Titan Comics and became their graphics novel editor. So I've been, yeah, I've been doing shitloads of stuff. Um, <laughs> That's quite a I journey. Edited, I did things like um, um, the SpongeBob SquarePants comic. I did um, Adventure Time, uh, Wallace and Gromit, all sorts of stuff. I mean, you know, 33 years in comics, you end up doing a bit of everything. That's incredible. I have to say, you and, had uh, me uh, at Adventure Time because that is one of the best uh, storytelling universes, in my opinion, out there. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. Well, yeah. As creative editor, so you are involved with the with the storytelling as well. It's not just sort of big, high level creative decisions. Like you have you have input into the actual plotting of things and into the detail and things yeah, like that too. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's me as well. Yeah, I mean, um, I tend to. I mean, what we, what we tend to do, I think. I think every editor you talk to has has a slightly different way of, of working with things. I tend uh, uh, Titan do an unusual thing. Uh, we we did do up until Blade Runner, so I didn't do this for Blade Runner. But normally, what what we do as editors is when we're giving a new project, we have to come up with the initial the initial pitch and the initial uh, what we want to do with the comic. So. For example, with things like Dan Dare and the Prisoner, and also Fighting American, I actually sat down and wrote the original outline for the, for how I saw the plot going. And then you, once that gets approved by the license holders, then you have to find a writer to work with, and then they take your initial idea and then they develop it and make it their own. So that's that sort of thing that we do at Titan. Where, where so the editors tend to be quite hands-on and quite creative. Um, but when it came to Blade Runner, because we were working with people like uh, uh, Johnson and Green. And they were so good at their jobs that, that they also came from Alcon. So we, I'm working very close with Alcon. They wanted to use those guys. And so it was, it was basically them coming up with an idea that they wanted to pursue. And we had ideas. And so it, it's many down to those guys with, with the Blade Runner um, project. Right. So, so, this is, so this is in conjunction with Alcon Media Group, right? Yes, yes. And so it's, a, it's like well, a partnership? They're, they're, they're the license holders. Right. No, 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 they're, they're the license holders. So we, we license Blade Runner from them. But obviously, whenever you do a licensed comic, you have to run things past the license holder. And right. you have to meet, you know, you have to get things approved. So Alcon are very hands-on. So I, I have a lot of dealings with Alcon almost on a daily basis where we're sending stuff along. And they've been, you know, involved in, in every level of the process. And so that's how Michael uh, Green just, came onto the project? Well, my, Michael Green was... Uh, um, he was he was part of the project anyway because I mean he he's he he wrote uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine oh yeah um, so uh, and he's a big you know he's a oh, <laughs> I don't think there's any 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 shock to hear that he's a huge Blade Runner fan right. him, him and and and, uh, and uh, Johnson Mike Johnson they um uh, they worked together uh, writing comics and they were they were the writers for it normally what, what we would do as um, as editors for projects we go out and find our creative teams mm -hmm. but with with blade runner we already knew who the writers were going to be so then it was just a matter of finding you know a suitable artist for it uh, so it, it was a, a far easier project in that in that respect and so so the the creative team just to go through it so there's michael green who's best known as the screenwriter of not only 2049 but logan and alien covenant and all these other very high profile things yes brilliant dude yes um and mike johnson who's yes. worked on Star Trek. Uh, he's done a number of uh, the comic series. He's done a lot of licensed stuff um, and, and he's yep. done Batman DC titles. Comics. He's done DC stuff. Yeah, I think he's, yeah, Star Trek, I think he's done. I think he's done Wonder Woman, uh, all sorts of stuff. I mean, yeah, he's a, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, these, these, these guys know their business. They're, yeah, yeah. You know, they're good guys. They're good guys. And I saw in a, a press release so, uh, recently that you've also added Andres Guinaldo to the team as an artist. Oh, yes, he's, he's, yeah, he's he's the artist. So what what we got is is, is um, Andre's the artist on the first four issues, okay. and then uh, he. Uh, so we got the whole first year. Uh, we got a whole arc for the first year, uh, and Andre's doing the first four issues, which which is the first of the three story arcs for the first year. Okay. And then we have um, um, Angel Hernandez for the second arc, and then we have um, Andreas going back on the third arc. Okay. So that that's the plan for the, for the first year of Blade Runner. So each of these individual arcs are four, they're all four issues long. Yes. And they'll be released monthly? Oh, yes, they'll be released monthly. So issue one comes out uh, just in time for San Diego, and then it'll be a monthly title. So it's, it's, it's your regular 22-page monthly comic book, and uh, each, each, of the, each of the three arcs will, will be collected into graphic novels. So there'll be, for the first year, there'll be three volumes worth of the story. Okay. And, and, they'll, have, uh, and they'll have like variant covers and things like that? or 
Oh God, yeah, we got <laughs> we yeah. have we have so many fantastic covers. So issue one, for example, we've got people like uh, Stanley Lau, uh, Art Germ. He's doing one of our covers. We've got um, we've got uh, John Wall doing a cover. We've got um, uh, Christian Ward doing a cover. We've got Simon Colby. We've got uh, Butch Geist is doing a cover for us. We've got we've got oh, so man. many amazing artists. What? So, so, yeah, so this yeah, is absolutely. really this is really a big project. There's a lot of people working on this thing. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, some of those, some of those covers they they're going to be they're going to be for like issues two, three, and four on onwards. Right, right. But those those are all the artists who who are currently doing stuff for me at the minute. So it's uh, and if I've forgotten anybody and they're listening, I do apologise. But I'm at home <laughs> and it's a Sunday, and I should be allowed to have one day off a week. <laughs> that's true. Um, that's amazing. So so the the collected the trade paperback edition you think will come out sometime in 2020? Um, let me see. If it comes out in uh, for July, no, it should it should be out by the end of the year. I think. Um, Normally, normally the, um, it comes out. I think it's three months after the after the last issue. So you should. Well, mm-hmm. no, you're right. Yeah, be, be out at the beginning of 2020. Probably yeah. spring of 2020. Yeah, so, be out right by then. So, yeah. so what? I guess what I'm going at here is we have like a full year of content coming up with you guys, and this is something oh, that's going to be more than that. I mean, this is this is ongoing. It's, it's not ending after 12 issues. I mean, we're oh, doing. Great. This oh. is, you know. I mean, the, the, the idea is, is, is I, I'm not, I don't want to give too much away, but the idea is, is that we have, we have this, we have a whole new Blade Runner. So the thing is, we sat down and we had a long talk about what we wanted to do with Blade Runner. And there was a talk about, well, do we go back and do we do new Deckard or do we do something set in 2049? Right. And what we, what we came up with is that when we, Obviously, almost the word go, because Blade Runner is set in the year 2019, we knew we wanted to do something set in the year 2019. So even though when this comic comes out, it'll be 2019 in the Blade Runner world, that's, that's when Blade Runner is set. So we wanted to do a story set in the Blade Runner world of 2019 because it just seemed, to, it seemed perfect. So one of the things we wanted to do was we didn't just want to do the further adventures of Deckard because in a way, you don't need to do the further adventures of Deckard because Deckard's story has been told. So what we wanted to do was, well, you know, there, there was a show, I can't remember, there's a, a great classic American crime show of the, uh, I think it was the late 50s, early 60s, and, and the voiceover at the beginning would say, this is a city of a thousand tales, this tale is just one of them. So the idea was is that right from the word go, talking to Alcon and talking to the writers and everyone involved, the one thing that we all agreed on is that the city itself is just as a, uh, as a important character as Deckard, as, as anybody. So... And because this, the, the city is a character in its own right, in a weird way, obviously it doesn't speak, it doesn't have a personality, we wanted to do more stories set in the world of Blade Runner. So that, that was our starting point, which is, this isn't just, it, it's not like a karaoke Blade Runner. This is, this is a new adventure set in the world of Blade Runner. So that, that, is, that was our whole... Oh, I, just, I just want to say, that just, uh, the, we've had quite a lot of episodes talking about what directions you know, potential other stories could go in. And what you were saying is exactly what fandom wants. We want new stories Good. that flesh things out a little bit, that don't make us beholden to like one small group of people. We want to see the, we yeah. want to see what else is happening in this dystopian, amazing future where everything is crazy and new and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a whole world to explore. And as Blade Burner fans, we've only been able to explore very small sections of it. So this is what's exciting yeah, to me listening to you talk is that this sounds like we're going to get to see things that um, will help us understand the world of 2019 in Los Angeles even more. So this takes place in Los Angeles 2019, the same city? Yes, it takes okay. place. Yes, it does. Uh, and the other, the other thing is that we wanted to do was that there, there, <laughs> I don't want to give too much away, but there, there are going to be, there are going to be the odd hints. There are going to be the odd sort of like acknowledgements of the fact that this is taking place in the same world as Deckard. So I, I can guarantee 
that no one is going to read this comic and Deckard's going to walk in on, on page two and go, hi there, Ash, my name is Deckard, I'm a Blade Runner. That's <laughs> right. not going to happen, okay? <laughs> so we're not, going, we're not going to see that. We're not going to see, uh, you know, we're not going to have any, any sort of like uh, cameos like that. That's not going to happen. But the, the, there's no reason, for example, although this might not happen, just using this as an example, this is one of the things he talks about. There's no reason why, uh, why Taffy Lewis might not turn up. Hey! get the man a drink, he's dry. You know, there's right. no reason why he can't turn up. Right. There's no reason why, why um, I do eyes, I do eyes. There's no reason why he won't turn up. So we have a Blade Runner called Ash. She's a female Blade Runner. Um, unlike Deckard, she's someone who genuinely hates replicants. She's tracking down uh, a renegade replicant. And then she gets called in to do a favor for a, a favor for a big week. There's a big industrialist. It's not Tyrell, so don't all get excited. It's Tyrell, but um, <laughs> we get, she gets called in to help a rich uh, industrialist who has a problem, and and that leads into a whole new story set in the world of Blade Runner. And along the way, uh, we learn a bit more, and we find out what's going. Well, we find out what's going on for this story. But the, the one thing that I, that I was really clear about is the one thing I love. Uh, I tell you what, I absolutely love about Blade Runner now. I want to say this because um, I get very passionate about the projects I work on, okay, and, and I, I protect them. So Blade Runner and me go back to 1982 when I first saw Blade Runner at a preview. There's a, there's a, Brit a British science fiction magazine called Starburst. Mm -hmm. And back in 1982, when I, when I was at art college in my, in my first year, there was, there was, they did this thing, which is come along to, the, to this cinema and Shaftesbury Avenue, the OD in the Shaftesbury Avenue on Sunday, whatever date it was in 1982. The first number of people get to see Blade Runner. Now this is back in the glory days before the internet, so we didn't know anything about it. All we knew were a few, a few pictures that turned up in magazines, and we knew that that, uh, that uh, Harrison Ford was going to be in it. That's about all we knew about it. And you were so a student along... at the time, right? You, this yeah, is like was, this is when you student, were yeah. you were in art school. Uh, you were getting... Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. I was nineteen. Okay. I was nineteen. 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 I was nineteen years old. So I went oh. along, and I saw this film. And I, 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 I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. Um, when, when, when the Alan Ladd logo came up, and you saw the tree being formed, you know, pixel yep. by pixel, yep. all the hairs on my arms stood up. Okay. <laughs> then, when the fireball comes, and you see it reflected in the eye. My whole body, from the tips of my toes to the top of the hairs on my head, just, just, just shivered. And I was absolutely in love with that film. And I left the cinema numb and stunned as I had never been touched by a film before. You know, it, it just totally blew me away. So in, in the first, so I got, I got to see it months before anybody else did. And I was just, I was just like, you know, uh, I, I was in love with that. I thought it was incredible. And nothing about that film did, did I dislike. I thought it was amazing. I, for example, am one of those fans that totally loves the voiceover because that's how I first saw that film. Right, right. right. So many years later that you find out that the voiceover was added. I don't care because the first time I saw that film, there was a voiceover and that's how that film works. Sushi, that's what my ex-wife called me. You know, I love all that. Right. I just think it's incredible. You know, is that a real owl? Carsonard, Mr. Deckard. You know, all this stuff, it is so ingrained in me that I, and if I'm getting the quotes wrong, I don't care because it's my Blade Runner. <laughs> I, they're, they're, not only are the quotes remarkably accurate, but your voices are incredible. I have to, I have to say, uh, that's amazing. It's funny, you know, we're, we're in the middle of an, actually an extended series, which this is sort of a little bit of a, a mini break from, but we're calling it the 700 right. layer cake. Um, and it's kind of going into the, a lot of the production history of Blade Runner and focusing, um, all right. Partly on, uh, well, not only the birth of fandom around it um, back in the 80s, you know, before there was the internet to kind of unite everybody, but also talking about how subsequent iterations of the film have been so vastly different and how, you know, yeah. although although 
it, so so for me the the version of the film that I really fell in love with was the final cut. You know, I I really I, I always I always loved the movie, but the one that I really became obsessed with was the final cut. So for me that's kind of the definitive one. But it's funny I was watching right. I was actually flying back from England to go to the premiere of 2049 two years ago. And on the plane, right. for some reason, I'm assuming there was some sort of a licensing deal because of the new movie coming out. They were showing the theatrical, the theatrical cut of Blade Runner. It was the first time I'd seen How it much? with a voiceover since I was an actual child. Because when I was a kid, that was the tape that I had. And I was stunned by, <laughs> A, how different it really was. Because, you know, in, in my memory, they yeah. kind of get clouded together. But also how, how sort of beautifully simple it was in a way. It's like a much yes, sort of yes. purer, more condensed um, story. And I think... Part of what's so cool with the final cut is that it's, it is more ambivalent and more mysterious, but it's cool that at the beginning of that, there is this kernel of a real cohesive tale in that theatrical release. So it's, it's interesting to hear you say that. I think part of it might be we sort of fall in love with the version that we, we, we sort of remember yes. the version that we fall in love with as the definitive one. And, you know, we can sit here on two sides of this, um, sort of version conversation and we're talking about kind of different movies in some ways, but they mean something agree, very similar totally. to us, which is, it's yeah. fascinating, isn't it? No, totally. In fact, the crazy thing is, on Friday, I, I was, I wanted to, I wanted to find the dialogue that uh, Taffy Lewis has with uh, Deckard in in the Snake Pit bar, and uh, I want, I want to get it exact. So I was watching, uh, I went on YouTube, and I found a clip where a fan had um, was showing showing the clip that he dubbed the voices himself. So he same same dialogue, mm-hmm. but he dubbed the voices, and I couldn't work out why he's doing it. But then while I was watching that and, and writing down, I was transcribing what was said. I noticed on the sidebar that there, there was this clip that was uh, unseen footage of Blade Runner. So I thought, oh, I'll give that a go. So I just started watching it. It was like 17 minutes, but it was stuff that I'd never seen before, and it was all voiceover by Harrison Ford. And it was clearly all stuff that was cut. So you had the whole hold in the, uh, in the intensive care unit. You had all these bits, and the voiceover was horrendous right and the thing was I, I know i know obviously being a big fan of the film i know the fact that harrison hated the uh, hated the voiceover didn't want to do it and you can hear it in, in in all these outcuts there's a real contempt in his voice for it there's a real sort of i don't want to do this i'm going to do such a bad job that they don't use it because they realize it's awful but the weird thing is that the version i saw you don't get that at all in the version i saw it, it sounds fine it, you know it, it right. suits his character he, he's tired he's, he's had enough he doesn't want to be doing it of course, he's going to sound jaded and, and uh, you know, and cynical, and that and that worked. But it was weird watching his outtakes. And I think I think you're totally right. Is that the film is it's a very lean machine. If if Blade Runner in 1982 was released now, it would be it would be another hour longer. It would be full. It would be it would it would have all this flab on it, which you don't need. And the thing about the original Blade Runner is it's it's lean and mean. It, it just gets the job done. You know, it, it's a it's a crazy little story. It, it, it's a future noir told, you know, it's a, it's a crime noir told in the future. And once the story's over, it's one of those rare films. You, you do, I see these sort of films every now and again, where when the film ends, you think, damn, if the camera had just tracked, in, tracked away from Deckard on the rooftop, uh, or uh, gone back from him driving out in, into the forest, if it just gone back into another apartment and you, you focus on someone else, I'd have happily carried on sitting in the cinema and watching another two-hour movie with somebody else oh, living totally, in that world. Oh, totally, totally, totally. Yeah. I, I feel that way every single time. I'm like, what else is happening? And I see that you know, in 2049, yeah. too, you see these, just people sort of interacting in windows up above the street, and you're like, man, I bet there's some amazing shit going on in there. Yeah. Um, and it sounds Absolutely. like this comic series is a chance to kind of explore that a little bit. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I think the thing is, like I said, you know, this is a new Blade Runner. Uh, we've never met her before. Um, I think she's she's in, she's certainly an interesting character. It's um, yeah. I hope, yeah. I don't think she's going to fall. I don't think she's a, she's not a cliche. She's not sort of like you know. She's not 
I don't know. There's there certainly, and I, I'm not against this at all. Uh, you know, she's she's a strong female character, which I think at the minute, you know, we're living in an area where strong female characters are becoming more and more prevalent. I don't have a problem with that. I think it's an interesting idea. Um, and also, I think we wanted to do something that, that wasn't going to be old Blade Runner light. It's not going to be, you know, Blade mm-hmm. Runner version two. You know, I wanted I wanted the, it to be different. And the great thing is that Johnson and Green, that's what they wanted as well. When, when we had our first conversation, we were talking with them. You know, this is one of this is the thing that came through in the conversation is that we all realised that we were all on the same page. We all thought that the city was a character. We all thought there was a thousand other tales we told, and none of us wanted to do a karaoke comic. You know, but we wanted to sort of, when the opportunity arose, to sort of reference the film, which right. I. I, I think that's what we're going to be doing with this, you know? And then who's, I want to say this long rambling answer is, is that we, we imagine this comic, it's going to go on for longer than a year. And, and, you know, it might be that this, the second year, you know, Blade Runner year two might be set in, in the year, uh, 2029. It might be 10 years after what happens in the first arc. It might be a brand new Blade Runner. It might be another character that we meet. So it's not just going to be Ash, but we will be able to return to Ash if we want to in the future. It might even be a, a story set in the, in the, in the year 2049. It might be, it might be, Kay's first, uh, Kay's first mission, you know, we don't know, but we're not going to be, it, it's not, it's not ending on issue 12. It's, it's going to carry on. I think that's what I was trying to get to. <laughs> I, I think that's wonderful. So, so potentially this could become some sort of an anthology series over time where we would just sort of like, but, but it would all be the same imprint. It would all be under this, uh, Blade Runner. It, well, I guess for one thing, is it, yes. is it going to be called Blade Runner? Or is that the name of the comic? It's going to be called Blade Runner 2019. Okay. So, so the, the, so the year is in, in there too. Yeah, the, the yeah, it will be the year is is what is what uh, is what denotes it. So it might be that if we do, if we did a, a story set in the year twenty twenty nine, then it would be called Blade Runner twenty twenty nine. You know, so but okay. Blade Runner is is the thing that binds it all together. Great, and and will you be uh, as far as you know, sort of as shepherding it through with the different creative teams through the different iterations? Like this is going to be sort of your ongoing project. Uh, I think so, and unless I, I monumentally screw the pooch and I'm taken outside and shot in the back of the head. <laughs> well, it's just ex- it's um, exciting you know. because you seem like such a, a real fan of the movie, and and, and it's always so oh, wonderful. It's so it's so refreshing to see when people get you know a, this sort of venerated IP like this when they love it in a deep way, the way that that Denny Villeneuve loves Blade Runner, you know, because he actually had a similar experience. He saw it at a preview screening in Canada when he was, I think, probably almost the same age as you. And just kind of walked out like completely like, what was that? You know, and then he had a chance to revisit it. So it sounds like this is kind of a well, similar thing. Well, I think so. But then uh, I think the thing is that every now and again, um, uh, and I don't know if this still happens now, but every now and again, there will be there will be a film that comes along, which, which is a game changer. A- everything after that film, you look at Blade Runner and, and you can see all the influences that, that it had, you know, all the things that it changed. And what's amazing about it is that Ridley Scott, he did the same thing with Alien. So he makes Alien, which, which is a game changer, and it changes the shape of science fiction films. And then he does Blade Runner, which is only like three years later. Right. And, it, and once again, he's, he's, he's changing everything again. And it, it's staggering. It, that, that you have one one man who manages to create this, this and, and the crazy thing is that you look at the world of Alien, you look at the world of Blade Runner, they could almost be the same the same shared universe. You know, they, they, they have, it has a quality, it has a feel. Now, I just realized that's a terrible thing to say because I don't want anybody for one second to think that we're going to do that. We're not. Okay? <laughs> There's no Blade Runners chasing down replicant um, uh, xenomorphs. Okay? That's <laughs> not happening, all right? No, Although, hey, you know, the, I, I mean, they fought, you know, the, the aliens have fought Judge Dredd and Batman. And so, you know, so we, we never know, you know, there could be potentially down the road. Um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll leave you to that one. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm not commenting. But I'm just, I'm just using that as an example. Right, um, right, I think, right. I think well, the reason I say all that is that, that for me, Blade Runner had, had a genuinely profound effect to me. I, I'm, I, I love cinema, okay? Uh, I love science fiction films. Um, you know, uh, you and I could spend hours talking about 
the history of science fiction films, and I could go right back to, to you know, to the early 50s. If you want to start with the B movies, I could go right back to, to, to the very first movie, which is, a, you know, first man, man in the Moon, uh, the, the beautiful, silent, black-and-white movie, yeah. you know? Um, you, we could go like that. You could look at the whole. So I know my science fiction movies, and I think that Blade Runner is is one of is is that shining light. After Blade, you know, after Blade Runner, every science fiction film changes. Everything totally, changes, totally. and everyone's still trying to. And and the lovely thing is, every now and again, you'll see a film that comes along that, and it's like The Fifth Element. I think is a lovely film, but that that's an attempt to do Blade Runner, but in the daylight. So you have all those incredible cityscapes. But but there's 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 a quality to to the to the universe of Blade Runner, to the city. It looks real. It, I know it's only like one or two streets. Been you know retrofitted and dressed to look like the future, but it works so beautifully. Oh yeah, you know? and, 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 and it, it hints at such a larger paradigm that's there, even though you don't necessarily see it. You know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's it's just cool. I, I can remember when I when I left the cinema and I, I you know nineteen years old, my eyes and I looked around London and it was now night time and all the lights were on. It looked like Blade Runner. It looked you know, and it was like my God, we're in the future, and it was you know, fantastic. <laughs> it's, so. it's fantastic. Well, this is absolutely is so incredible. I, I have to say, I'm, I'm sure we're going to return. Um, I really hope you'll come back on the show at some point because uh, this is you're such yeah, a wealth of, wealth of insight. And this is such an exciting uh, project. And there's so much more to talk about. But because we have to keep this to a mini-sode, unfortunately, I can't go on. But I have a million more questions. That's fine. So That's I'm going to write them down. And then we'll have you back yeah, sure. on as it gets closer to the release date. But, but before we wrap this, I, I have a couple of just quick um, questions for you. Uh, where is the best place for people to go if you want to make sure that they, you know, get updates on the comics when they come out, if you want to pre-order them? What are your suggestions so that fans listening to this can make sure they don't miss this when it comes out, other than listening to Shoulder uh, of Orion, because we'll be talking about them? I, I would say the very first thing to do is to go to your local comic shop and put an order in and order your Blade Runner from the, your, your local comic shop. Make sure you get a regular order. That will certainly make sure you don't miss an issue. Uh, in, terms of, um, in terms of releases, I think you can check out um, uh, Titan's website. They're going to be putting out information. I know Alcon are going to start. Um, Alcon and um, Titan are working together to, uh, on this project to be able to put information out there. And Alcon are going to push it on their, on their website. Titan got a Twitter feed, so I'm sure they're going to be um, – uh, there'll be Twitter updates and that sort of stuff. So if you want, if you get, if you, it won't be, there's not one designated at the minute. There's not one designated page on a Titan Twitter account or anything like that, but any information to do with Blade Runner will be released by Titan via Facebook and Twitter uh, and on the, on their website. And but if you want to, if you want to secure the first issue, defo go to your comic shop and, uh, and put an order in. And add that Sorry, to your, so. uh, to your pull box, right? That, that did you call yes, them pull did, boxes over there too? Box. Yeah, that's what we call them here. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, we we do we do over here, yeah. yeah. Um, so I would do that. Oh my god, I, um, yeah, I'm so just I'm be... picturing how exciting it's going to be to go because you know I go pick up my comics every week at the store, and there's going to be a time in, a, in just a matter of months where I'm going to go there, and there's going to be a Blade Runner comic waiting for me. That's so cool. Well, I'm I'm so pleased. I, I you know I think the thing is right um, for me. There, there there is this sense of dread because I don't want to let anyone down, and uh, and and uh, I I I want people to realise that I'm being genuine when I when I talk about my passion for this, and I hope that comes across. I'm not some sort of corporate corporate flunky who's who's like you know faking it. You know, I I do love Blade Runner, so that there, for me there is a sense that that I don't want to disappoint people. And I know I'm not going to be able to please everybody. I know there'll be people that read it and go, "This isn't Blade Runner." You know, we've been you know this is terrible. But they're going to be the minority. I hope that they're the minority because I want to make sure that whatever we put out, and it's going to have my name on it as the editor. So I, I, I'm trying right. to make sure that this project is is the best thing that we can make. I want to make sure that that when it comes out, you know, that I'm I'm proud of it. And and 
I, I'm seeing the pages coming in now. So I, I've this week I received the first five pages of inks. Um, I'm 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 buzzing. Uh, I'm so excited by it. The crazy thing is, for me, uh, uh, you know, like I said, I, I've done comics for 30, 33 years. Uh, I've made them, made my own. I still do my own, but um, you know, I, working as an editor, I create other people's comics. I absolutely love the creation of comics, putting them together. You know, working with the, with the writers, working with the artists, doing all that, all all the little problems that, that come up at the last minute and you have to try and problem solve and all that. I just adore the process of making comics. I genuinely love them. But the crazy thing is that once once it's gone off to the printers and it's been printed, I don't want to see them again. It's <laughs> really <laughs> right. weird. Be, 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 only because I always dread, I always dread opening up that comic once it's printed. What if, what if I miss something? What if there's a mistake? Right, you know? what if there's a typo there's on the first page fear. or something, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. What if I spelt Blade Runner? As I keep doing in my emails, <laughs> I keep writing Bald Runner. Bold, and it's like, bold, bold, bold. Runner. not bold. <laughs> I keep. So as long as I don't do that, we should be okay. Yeah, just get bold the title runner, right. Runner 2019. <laughs> well, one thing I'll say in closing is that the Blade Runner community, and and I'm, I hope that you realize this as as a fan and just as a, sort of a member of the community anyway, is uh, is a place where. There is a tremendous sense of like patience for new art, and it's you know, Blade Runner the film is not an easy movie. It doesn't speak to to everybody in, in a, as deep a way as it speaks to people like you and I. And I think part, no, of, of, part of the reason it does is because we are patient in the way that we consume art, and and we look for story and we look for imagination. And like if we don't get it the first time, we revisit it. You know, so I think putting out yeah. something new into the community, um, even if it's not universally beloved, although I, I have you know I have a good feeling about it, I, th- I think it's something that we will reengage with over time, and that will become a part of this lore. And I think. Um, you're you're sending it out into a community of people that are just really receptive to have new things to talk about and new things to debate Fantastic. and new things to stay up all night dreaming about and we're just really excited <laughs> so so thank you so much for coming on David and uh, okay really I've got one it. last thing to say oh Sorry, yeah, one yeah, last yeah. Thing to say really really quickly no 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 okay so the, 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 I think I think this this for me this for me and it, I, I think reason I'm telling you this is because of what you just said now right so this for me sums up Blade Runner so when I walked out of that cinema back in 1982 okay and and I, I I'd seen I'd seen the Second Coming you know and and all that I I discovered religion in Blade Runner all that stuff okay right. and I was so moved I went I went with my best friend so we came out of the cinema and we were both numb and shell shocked. And a guy in front of me is walking with his friends, and he turns to his friend and he goes, Well, that was a piece of shit. <laughs> so, the reason I tell you that is, okay, is that I wanted to punch him. I, I, I could not believe it because I just seen I just seen a work of art. I just seen I just seen a work of genius which I knew would stay with me. And there was a guy in front of me who thought it was the worst thing he'd ever seen. And I think that's that's what I find fascinating about everything that we do when it's creative is that there'll be people that we touch and people who love what we do and there'll be people that read the exact same thing and say well that was a piece of shit yeah that's what i find amazing about this okay is that is that none of us know none of us know if you're in the creative field none of us know what's going to work none of us know what's going to fail and we're all looking for lightning in a bottle and that's what makes it so utterly exhilarating because we just don't know and it's incredible i think if we did know it would be weird. I think all of it loses magic, but there is, there is some of this stuff has a magic quality that, if you get it right, it's glorious. So that's what I think we're trying to do. We're trying to we're trying to capture lightning in a bottle. Oh man! And here's, ho- here's hoping you do. We can't wait. Thank you so much, David. Thank you very much. Okay, you take care. All right, you too.
To find out more about Shoulder of Orion, the Blade Runner podcast, please visit us on our website at www.perfectorganism.com. Shoulder of Orion is available for listen or download through Apple iTunes, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio. If you'd like to join in the discussion, please join our official Facebook discussion group, Fields of Calantha, a Blade Runner discussion group. 